0: For the most entertaining talk anywhere, stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk stage, your 24
1: hours of commercial-free programming.
0: Hey kids, this is Mark Ellis from Schmoesno.com, and you're listening to Sean on the Green Room.
2: Shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do, you
1: know? The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon and their $5 MP3 album. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room. And now, from Sherman Oaks, California, live, the host of The Green Room,
0: Sean Green! Alright, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in. we got an amazing program for you. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Logan Lystico. Logan, thanks for being on the show.
1: Make me barf, Sean.
0: Make me barf. <laughs> As a callback to last week's episode where... I forget the context. Logan, do you remember where your catchphrase, make me barf, came from?
1: Uh, well, I just I remember, I just said it, and Matt wrote in that I, it should be my new catchphrase. But uh, Yeah, Matt Sullivan
0: it? tweeted in at Green Room Show.
1: Some, it was something that was tacky, and I was just being like, oh, make me barf. It was really <laughs> weird for me to say it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was something with you were disgusted about the story. I think it might have been the Arnold Schwarzenegger story. I could have been wrong. And you were talking about how it was overcovered, and you said, "Oh, this makes me barf." I don't really remember the context, but make me yeah, barf. It has something
1: to do with uh, paparazzi <laughs> and how oh, they that was themselves right. journalists. Yes, we yeah, so were talking yeah. about
0: the paparazzi <laughs> and how they would take pictures of this 13-year-old kid. Yeah, who, that's well, as if the kid oh, didn't have barf. a complex enough. He's 13 years old, and he's just out there trying to play in his yard and forget about craziness (laughs) about what happened. Forget about revealing who his real father is. And there's just a guy popping his head over, taking pictures. It's on every piece of media known to man. No, that kid's not going to have a complex. Well, if he does, if he has a – Feel free to call in, guys. LegalZoom self-help hotline. <laughs> I was going to try to tie it into Legal Zoom and say, <laughs> oh, he could sue using Legal Zoom, But Legal LegalZoom doesn't offer legal services, Logan. As we know, they offer self-help legal stuff at your own discretion. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, they help you do it yourself, and that's always the it's cheaper, the better place, way. It's one
1: place basically where if you want to get something done and there's a lot of forms and stuff to fill out, they put it all in a convenient, organized yep. place for you. So Trademarks,
0: you just, patents, yeah. wills. Perfect gift for dads or grads. Log on to legalzoom.com. <laughs> Enter green in the referral code. That's the only reason wow, I read nice the LegalZoom spot today it was because I wanted to crowbar dads in the dads and grads. Well, this guy, he's a college graduate, and now he's also working as a stand up comedian all around town. So originally from San Diego, I'd like to
2: bring on Justin Decker. Justin, thanks for coming yeah. on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean Logan. I'm excited. Yeah. Got is this five. your is this your first live radio show? I've never been on the radio before. What's I'm it excited. feel like? You
0: want to do any shout outs? You wanna
2: I hear my voice in the microphone, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I think I have a voice for radio. A little nasal, but
0: Yeah, you do I'm you do through. have an interesting voice. You ever think of doing voiceover work, something like that? No, I haven't. No, nope, have never, never crossed your never cross your mind. Well, no, anyway. but I'm
2: working in a mailroom, so I have... <laughs> now before I can do sh- that.
0: Before the show we were talking about a clip. That we played last week that got picked up by the Suckatash podcast, a clip of Cornell Logan and I uh, breaking down Tom Brady's reaction to being drafted in the eighth round and how he was so angry yes. and he was gonna he was gonna go crazy and he was walking around the with uh, the town with a bat, which probably would have been pretty scary seeing Tom Brady angry roaming around town with a bat, and how he's he never forgot it even though he won those Super Bowls, and I had the line of uh, or no Tom Brady goes yeah I mean wasn't for the patriots taking a chance on me in the 8th round i could be I could be out selling insurance somewhere and i was oh, like yeah. what <laughs> when did that become the job that we're just going
2: to bash unequivocally like oh those stupid insurance Absolutely. salesmen i would love to sell insurance <laughs> yeah, right. that's yeah, the job i'm applying for it. <laughs> i would i would love that
0: yeah you don't want to feel like oh hey i can't be a professional athlete guess i'll be the exact opposite an insurance salesman that's the worst thing and we we're talking about it if you were a college athlete and, I mean, Tom Brady was pretty well known as a college athlete. You go back and you sell insurance in your hometown. Man, are you cleaning yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You're making a lot yeah. of – Yeah, you'll have to stay in, in your town. Yeah, so as long as you have is. some sort of notoriety as a college athlete. Here's how it goes. Logan, pretend you're a uh,
1: – <laughs> pretend you're. A Hi, I'm Tom Brady, your <laughs> hero. Would you like to buy some insurance from me? Sure. What do you got, man?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll buy anything you got. We were talking about this. I remember in Colorado when I used to uh, – I lived there as a kid, and John Elway Toyota was huge out there. There's John Elway dealerships everywhere all across all across the Denver area. I think some in Boulder. And the guy just cleaned up, and I remember one of the promos was, hey, you buy a car, you get a John Elway autographed football. So, yeah, that's so yeah. easy. Why am so I going to go to Norm Reeves Honda when I can go to John Elway Honda and get an autograph
2: John Elway football? Especially a... if you're already thinking about buying a car. Right. Yeah, I mean – Now you can spend your Saturday <laughs> with – Yeah. You know, hanging out hey, maybe John, John, maybe John will be yeah. there.
1: Yeah, All these negotiations know. where this douchebag's getting up from his desk, like, oh, let me ask my manager. You know, you're also getting a football. And right, that's yeah. kind of reassuring.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do small talk with some uh, some guy who's gonna hype you up about, oh, they great breaks. great. And you're sitting there and like, oh, what are they gonna throw in? I mean, they probably charge you. They probably somehow hide it in the pricing of the football, like, right. oh yeah, it's <laughs> rust Coding's three hundred fifty dollars. But John Elway signed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Elway signed it. And if you're if you're the guys working at John Elway dealership, talk about cush gig. Oh, what do you you don't like the Broncos, sir? Yeah, I understand you. Your wife's probably a Raiders fan. She she holds the purse strings in the household. That's a that's a great move if you're in sales. Just go. Oh, okay, understand. You want to talk it over with your wife? Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: But Elway owns it, right? Yeah, John Elway so owns it. So it literally costs fifteen bucks or whatever football <laughs> yeah, costs.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to pay John so they, Elway. Yeah,
1: they built fifteen dollars into the price. Nice.
0: Yeah, you don't get a free tank of gas. We already gave you a football, all right. Now push the car <laughs> off the lot and get out of here. John Elway actually ended up marrying his second wife, ended up marrying an Oakland Raiders cheerleader, which the Oakland Raiders are kind of the arch rival of the Denver Broncos, and it just goes to show you that the players really don't care. <laughs> like, as 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 emotional. I don't know, it's kind of forbidden fruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's probably out there on the sidelines. Like, oh, I'm going to teach her a lesson one day. <laughs> After, after I become an alcoholic, after I retire and divorce my first wife, <laughs> then I'm gonna then I'm gonna marry a cheerleader like I always dreamed of. So now Justin, you're out here in Los Angeles pursuing your dreams of stand-up comedy. What?
2: What yes. got you interested? What got you interested in stand-up comedy? What was the motive? Uh, I just I always made my friends laugh. Uh, the first comedy show I ever went to, I saw Gallagher's brother. Gallagher two. Gallagher two. <laughs> T O O, and I my dad didn't know he knew I wait, loved they, Gallagher.
0: Oh, okay. wait, so they trick people? I always thought they were at least okay. Gallagher, the number two, meaning okay, this is a quote unquote sequel or something different. So they they
2: they build the shows Gallagher T O O, and you think oh this is too much Gallagher to handle? Yeah, those that was during <laughs> the days when you stand up comedy wasn't everywhere. I would go to the video store. It'd be Bill Cosby. Yeah, Richard Pryor. And Gallagher. And I picked up Gallagher because he's a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You, yeah, <laughs> Bill Cosby's not out there with a the watermelon. Yeah, maybe yeah. he enjoys eating <laughs> them, but he's not out there smashing them. He doesn't yeah.
1: appeal to the youngsters <laughs> quite Yeah.
2: Guy. So I I think they build it, too. They build the show as Gallagher's brother, but you you miss it. You, my dad knew I liked Gallagher. So I went to see him open air uh, theater. I, I don't know. I was like 11. Uh, in like, nine, I don't know, 92 or something. And. He's clearly on drugs, and I knew that when I was 11. That's and awesome. If you haven't seen Gallagher's act, he does like 50 minutes of regular jokes, and then he brings out the fruit. So his brother was bombing for like 50 minutes, now and he by does, now everyone hates him. Oh he does – wait, so like sorry to, I mean yeah. to jump in your
0: story there, but no, he does Gallagher's normal stand-up routine, right? He does the same jokes, or does he do Gallagher 2's material?
2: I don't know. I think it was a mix and match. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And the funny thing is, is now everyone hates him and now he already has the fruit behind him in the suitcase, so it's not like he's gonna it's, be hard, like, to, it's hard to close yeah, when everyone He's hates like you. he's not just gonna be like, Alright, well I'll see you guys later and haul his fruit off stage. <laughs> so now he still goes through with smashing the fruit and everyone's leaving <laughs> without all the charm hitting them in the
1: back of the head yeah
2: without all the charm of like oh this is fun let's put on a thing you're not now you're just a dick making a mess you're, that's not fun hey don't do that to the fruit hey man i was gonna eat that <laughs> yeah so anyway that was my he walked the whole crowd i stayed and that was my introduction <laughs> to stand-up comedy. And ever since
0: then, you go, hey, I can walk to the entire crowd and smash yeah, fruit. I, I was can like, do that. I can You got do that. doing this? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Now, did you Slayer. did you know as a kid he was doing really
2: bad? No. I just I knew I loved Gallagher. And I, right away, <laughs> I knew that something was off. <laughs> I found out later. But I don't know. When I was a kid, I, it, I thought you had to be already famous to do stand-up comedy. I didn't. Okay, I, didn't, so you, I didn't do comedy but, uh, the, uh, again until I was like 18 cuz I thought oh you have to already be famous like I thought I didn't know it was thing but then I started watching comedy central you know comedy wasn't prevalent and I was like oh my god anybody can do this Right
0: yeah it is kind of that's what's cool about stand up comedy it is kind of a working-class sort of show business in the idea that anyone with a microphone can just go up and do it. You don't have to be good-looking. You don't have to be charming necessarily. You don't if have you to can invest just...
1: in crazy equipment. Right. right.
0: Yeah, right. You, don't you don't have like to have some idea. agent. It, literally, you can find a mic and an amp. You can do comedy, and you're kind of on your way. Now, right. how was it, it
2: when you first got out there, 18 years old? Take us through that first night, Justin. Uh, I only went up uh, a couple places. Then I started doing comedy back when I and then. I was 21. There's only – in San Diego, there's only one club, the comedy store. And so I – you know, you'd wait outside for the whole time. They wouldn't let you in. And there wasn't a lot of people doing comedy. It it wasn't, you know, big – it went through a lull, you know? Yeah. Back when, you know, comedy died in like 92 and didn't come back until, (laughs) what, like 2000 or something?
0: Yeah, there was – the early 90s to kind of the early 2000s, there was a – yeah, it seemed like a drought of stand-up comedy or not as many people getting into it. Or I think it, probably what happened was in the 80s, it kind of got overpopulated and then there was a retaliation.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I just started going to the one place, Comedy Star, and then started back up when I was 21.
0: So you took a break from 18 to 21. What happened there? You just decided, hey, this is kind of hard. I just want to hang out and be in college. But I would
2: have to wait outside in the cold.
0: the cold of san diego
2: (laughs) i I know right well i
0: don't know right it's cold at the time yeah
2: it's cold at night no i
0: i mean yeah when you're starting in college it is tough because hey do you want to hang out with all these drunk chicks who are just at a party hanging out or do you want to hang out with a bunch of cantankerous drunks who are angry and don't want to hear from you yeah
2: 35 year old you know what i mean like there's no one my age doing comedy no not at all so
0: you're 21 and then you've just been uh doing it ever since now, when did you come yeah. when did you come up
2: to LA? Uh, a job brought me up here I don't know, about 3 years ago. What I kind said of, what, I might as well just stay up here. <laughs> what <laughs> kind of job? Uh it was, god, it was just an office office job. A goods receipt administrator, which means nothing. Nothing. Now they're shipping my whole industry to to South Carolina cause there's no no the taxes are too much. Well, that's California. the thing,
0: California, we're driving businesses out. You hear this? Yeah. You hear this governor? <laughs> Guy like Justin Decker's losing his job. It's hey, if getting shot down. you're out there, there I'm there.
2: on LinkedIn. Check it out. <laughs> Looks I, like a solid, It's a solid profile. Hire <laughs> me. My dad recently. My dad texts me.
0: He goes, "I'm up to nine friends on LinkedIn. I'm a social animal." <laughs> he goes, "I feel like that's good. I feel like that's all I need." Well, dad, that's not really the purpose of LinkedIn or any of these Facebook things. You're, you're supposed to try to add more friends, or I don't know really
2: what the end game is. LinkedIn is. Pretty obvious. You set up your resume. I actually don't know what LinkedIn does. I yeah, haven't gotten anything I don't off of it. I don't know what it does. Some, I guess, some, guy that,
1: some guy that I don't like keeps emailing me and inviting me to join LinkedIn, so I haven't joined it.
0: Well, there
2: is, I, I,
1: it is funny when you hear does, of
0: actually. comedians like our mutual friend Scott Bowser kept inviting me for the longest time to be friends on LinkedIn. And it's like, Scott, oh, yeah. I, Scott I'm already <laughs> friends with you. And whatever kind of business you want to be involved with, you have my email, you have my phone number. It is weird when people want to. It's like we're already friends on Facebook. We're already follow each other on
2: Twitter. We're already connected enough. If you need me, you can get a hold of me. Yeah, we're not in the exactly in the same line of business. I would like to be. Bowser.
1: I would like to be able to sign up for a website like that and be like, all right, I'm set up. I'm done. I don't have to think about this again.
2: Just one website. <laughs> well,
0: while we're while we're talking about social networking here, I read this today. Mark Zuckerberg announced that he no longer eats meat from the store. The only meat he eats is meat he's killed himself. The only meat he eats... (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Which is... Justin had a great point. It sounds like he's (laughs) turning into a vegetarian, which he, he admitted that he hasn't eaten a lot of meat since the new year. All he's done is... He's had a couple of meals. It sounds like he killed a goat and a, a couple other animals. But he's just the dorkiest guy. And can, just...
1: can you imagine hunting with that
0: guy? <laughs> yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Can you pass me a beer, please? <laughs> yeah. that's, oh a great, that's a great Zuckerberg impression. <laughs> can, we get some, can we get some more? So, all right. Hey, uh, hey Mark. Uh, thinking about uh, thinking about. A,
1: there's, a, shh, there's a flock of turkeys over there. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's just sneak over. We got our bows.
0: You ready? Oh shit! They got scared away. Mark, you ruined it, man. Where's your duck call whistle? Come on, Mark. Where are yeah, you yeah, it I just use my voice. Yeah, he's up. He's up in the bay. I, I, it sounded well, like he went to some organic co-op, bought a goat, slit the goat's throat. <laughs> and they, there's someone in the article go. He did it in a very humane way. That's the kindest way to kill the goat. And it's, it's just bizarre <laughs> to. Uh. It's bizarre that if you're a businessman with that many customers, why do you want to? Why do you want to release that information? Just from a shareholders' perspective, if Facebook ever goes public, why do you want to have PETA up your ass? Why do you want to let that out there? Like, hey, I actually, all I do is uh, I hunt for my own food. And it, this guy, he obviously has an obsessive personality, and he pursues success. And it's kind of got me worried in that, okay, what if he starts hunting game and, yeah, that gets pretty easy for him. He conquered animals. And then, oh, hey, hey, oh, a guy only has three friends on Facebook. I got all his information. Maybe maybe this is the next Surviving the Game. Mark Zuckerberg is going to come out and hunt people based on their Facebook profiles. Did he?
2: <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he let everyone know about that news on a Facebook I think think I think he posted it on his thing. I would love the idea that even he – like regrets, yeah.
0: that he does. Yeah, even he has remorseful he, posts. He's embarrassed. People post. are writing, "Where's the thumbs down, Mark? I'm against <laughs> this." All right, now this is Mark responding to. Uh, this is Mark Zuckerberg commenting on: Is Facebook helping democracy in the Middle East? Facebook was neither necessary nor sufficient a great impression, sufficient for any of those things to happen. Um, if you look at the... Way- <laughs> Dude, just real quick, make fun of this guy, this stupid nerd. But uh, <laughs> listen to his... Um is... <laughs> I, obviously I'm not a I'm not a perfect broadcaster, but his um is so nerdy. If you look at the ways that people are sharing today, I still think it's quite primitive compared to oh, what hold is on, going one more. To the that people are sharing today. I still think it's quite the ways that people happen. Um if you look at the <laughs> ways that people are sharing <laughs> today, I still think it's quite primitive compared to what is going to be possible and the power that will be in people's hands when we get to that end state, and I think that that's gonna be awesome. And it- is that, am I the only one he's who got the instinct? Am I he the is. only one who gets scared when Zuckerberg describes the end state? Well, once we reach the end state, this guy has way too much power. <laughs> he can access all our information. And I'm not I'm not one of these paranoid people. Oh, hey, the government's got all our information. I don't care if the government has our but information. If, it, if it wants Zuckerberg, our, yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's cruel, man. We saw social network. He's ruthless. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. You think he... Google's in the government's pocket, so I'm sure he will be eventually. Hey. Offer him enough money.
0: Screwed over his partner. You don't think he's going to screw you over, Logan? Yeah. He's well, going to start poking people <laughs> you don't want to poke. Next thing you know, some guys are trying to find you on the Internet because you keep poking them. It's a slippery slope, man. And that's something that I think is really worth fighting for. Um, So worth fighting for his end state? This guy's a maniac. <laughs> Needs to be taken down, Zuckerberg. Good old Mark Zuckerberg. All right, well, let's hear here. Let's see. We got to talk about. This is kind of a sad, sad piece of news to get to. Macho Man Randy Savage, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 80. Oh, no, sorry, 58. I was gonna say 85. Is pretty he pretty long 85. for his <laughs> picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> steroids, drinking, painkillers. Not a not a great prescription for the heart. But this Slim is. Slim Jims. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not great. Not great promotion for Slim Jim either. This is this is Macho Man's obituary and. Listen, I don't want to be cold and callous. Maybe Randy Savage was a nice man, but it is funny to just hear a professional wrestler's obituary because it's supposed to or I guess in this sense, eulogy, because it's supposed to be something sincere and earnest, but this guy lived this outrageous life, so it, it kind of comes contrasting. And he gave funny. it the Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> no. Well, this is just I got off the news. But, yeah, I, can you imagine the setup of the wrestling funeral? I mean, what you go up there and you tell stories. I, I remember when I when I uh, hit him over the chair or over the back of the head with a chair. I'm sorry, I kind of in a roid rage right now. About Randy, man! Just people snapping,
1: ripping the podium apart. It's got,
0: it's got to be really obvious who. I just wish you were back, man. <laughs> the whole thing's scripted by Vince McMahon. He he comes down from the rafters. Yeah, you hear like
1: you hear a voice, an ominous voice, and you look back at the back of the church and he's standing there with a the microphone, like.
0: <laughs> you didn't love randy oh no turns out <laughs> turns out the priest was working for satan the entire time no he like, rips off his clothes he's got red devil horn bikini briefs on now he grabs <laughs> macho man out of the casket and takes him down to hell i'm just assuming all right here is uh some leading news organization and their eulogy for macho man born Randall mario potho the macho man first that sounds like a pretty sweet name to begin with First achieved widespread exposure in 1985 when he was signed to Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation, the WWF. Savage eventually became a seven-time world champion and. Wait, <laughs> isn't that kind of weird that they're reporting a seven-time world champion? Yeah, it's, it's in a. It's in a TV show or a play, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) They could have said 95 million-time world champion, and it would have been the same thing. Say he's a popular wrestler, but there's not. You can't use that as a credit. Oh, hey, here lies eight-time world champion, and it would have been nine times if he would have followed the script for Christ's sake. Like that's a bizarre thing to include. It's like when
1: someone off Days of Our Lives dies, they start like recounting (laughs) the actual
0: soap opera. He he grossed 35 million dollars in his bar on days of our lives like, oh, you you <laughs> right. can't include that he may have stolen several babies on days of our lives but he also stole our hearts <laughs> he opened a successful chain of businesses that eventually were burned down to the ground when his ex-wife found out he was having an affair <laughs> in days, <laughs> days of our
2: lives attracted a huge following with his signature catchphrase oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> was he the first? He was the first to do that? <laughs> I, it oh. is. It, it, come Should on. ripped off Kool-Aid, but whatever. Come on, if For you're going to do a wrestling... Raisins? Oh, no, the Kool-Aid, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do a wrestling obituary,
0: all I'm saying is, come on, sell this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now somewhere... So, turns out God needed Slim Jims in heaven, too. Like it, its It's so bizarre to eulogize a professional wrestler's life. I mean, yeah, he's an entertainer. Just a a unique – he left a unique fingerprint on the uh, sports entertainment world. I remember that was a, a big point of contention back when you were kids. Like, oh, is wrestling real? Is it fake? And I remember watching with my cousin, Cousin Rob, and we're sitting there watching the warning on the screen that says, what you're about to see is choreographed stunts and such and such.
2: I was like, see? They don't put this before the NFL. No, man, it's real. I'm telling you, it's real. That's what makes it even more badass because you, you couldn't tell back then. Think about how much hardcore it was. Oh, now it was? They don't, now they don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. We all know it's fake, but who cares? It's still awesome. But like then you couldn't tell. They were doing – I mean, that was some hardcore shit. Th-
0: there, were some, there were some crazy, crazy stunts. Oh, I remember we used to watch Extreme uh, ECW, Extreme Wrestling, and this was some – minor league version of the WWF and I don't care if it's choreographed that is a lot of blood coming out of you like that's <laughs> that's real blood yeah sure you're cutting yourself but still you kind of got to give it up for a guy who's cutting himself for probably seven eight hundred dollars a night just to impress some hillbillies he's got a he's got a <laughs> stick that he waves around and lands on tax even if they aren't real tax
2: that still looks really painful I know, and it, there's, it's not like you're in a competition either. You're you're injuring yourself, tearing your ACL <laughs> for just a, like a a play. Yeah, yeah, it is it is bizarre.
0: <laughs> for uh, it, it sounds so much <laughs> less masculine when you just describe it as a play. <laughs> if you if you said I mean that there are
1: stunts though. You, I mean the word stunt isn't wrong, you know. So I mean it's still still hard work. It's still dangerous, but. They're not fighting or competing each other. That's just the difference.
2: It's one of the yeah. most dangerous things you can do. I mean, professional, professional wrestling. Sports. Yeah, you're probably safer off in
0: in a in a certain sense safer off doing MMA just because, hey, there's rules. You're just taking hits here and there. You don't have to play through the pain as much. It's just a one couple minute burst. You're not out there every night. I mean, obviously MMA is still dangerous, but you're not flying through the air. Yeah. It's not. You're not getting hit with chairs and tables.
1: Yeah, if you fall 15 feet from the air and land right, it won't hurt you. But you know, I'm sure they don't all land right all the time. Oh, yeah. and, and then nah. they still got to finish out the rest of the play
2: while, they, while they're fucking. <laughs> the show must go work. on, man. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely more dangerous than MMA now. But M- remember back when MMA first started oh, like man. in the 90s? Yeah, I don't know if you know Gary Goodrich. No, he's first started uh, like one of the early days, like UFC 7. He's fought like a hundred times, and he has brain damage. There's a clip on YouTube. He, he's still fighting because he needs money. That is weird that he there's a clip on YouTube going
0: – Watching a man get brain damage.
1: I yeah. Yeah, I remember – Well, I mean well, the uh, Muhammad Ali fight was pretty badass. <laughs> That's
0: what yeah, we Yeah, I, I guess we did see a man get Parkinson's. Same kind of thing. But yeah, when the MMA first came out, it was just underground, and you would just hear about, oh, so-and-so's got some tapes – and you would watch, and the guys wouldn't even wear geese, or just some guys would wear geese. Other guys would just kind of be in jeans and sweat uh, sweatshirt, and they would just beat each other up. There was no form to it. It was really, it was kind of beautiful in its simplicity. It Eye awesome. gouging was legal, fish hooking, groin yeah, it re- stuff.
1: It was really underground. It was almost like, yeah, it was like almost taboo.
2: Yeah, I mean, Gary oh, Gooders, the, the reason he has brain damage is because he... He didn't – he lie, He wanted to fight people so bad he lied on his resume like they didn't know. And sports <laughs> just starting, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a black belt. And uh, he said he's a black belt in taekwondo and an arm wrestling champion. He beat like 100 guys in one night. That was his claim to fame. Like, oh, this guy's strong. Yeah, how are you going to beat 100 guys that? in one night. Let's put him in the ring. And yeah, like that's ring not even damage. a good
1: lie. Like, I knew five-year-old black
2: belt taekwondo people. Yeah, taekwondo. Well, now taekwondo is back as a – Leota Moshida. And, they, and, say, and Jones, they say, but I mean, come on, it's Taekwondo. Right. You know other things. Jiu Jitsu. And the thing is, what happened was back
0: then, it used to be so much more exciting because of guys like that. There would be crazy mismatches. There'd be like guys Whoa. like that going against Randy right. the Iceman Couture, who knew what he was doing. And it's so exciting to see a man get taken down. And now they're so evenly matched. The people have been training so hard. There's so many techniques out there that. It leads to some boring fights because guys are so well-matched that they're on the ground grappling it out or they just stand up and they're just trading spars for 15 minutes and the place is going crazy. Hey, murder each other. Well, the way you get those murdering matches set up is by having tomato cans in
2: there and guys who are going to get destroyed. The first – and UFC won. The first UFC fight ever was Gerard Gordeau versus like Taylor Thule, which is – he was a 400-pound sumo wrestler. <laughs> Gerard Godot, after two minutes the sumo wrestler falls down he kicks him in the face his tooth flies <laughs> under the seat of of the the commentator's table and there was this woman who was a kickboxing champion she didn't know what was happening they just flew her in they're like yeah, talk about the kicking part of and she was just she got so scared i thought she was gonna leave she's like there just seems to be a tooth <laughs> underneath me uh he lost his tooth I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm scared. <laughs> Like she was she her eyes And this were is huge. this is a reporter that was sent to cover this for one She of the only first did time. like she only did that one, UFC one. It was Jim Brown it was Jim Brown, some lady kickboxing champion who almost threw up and then some other guy from Denver who put on the, the fucking activity and he was like oh did you, you choked him what what is that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean imagine imagine getting into that before you know anything about the sport that's really that's really got to take you back all right let's uh, let's switch here uh, sorry switch gears tongue tied here let's switch gears here logan you know mma is probably the number one sport and the number one cable entertainer or actually oh, sorry broadcaster entertainer for the longest time super popular talk show her show is ending today. Logan, who is it? Oprah. You got it. Oprah. Here's some of Oprah's last words on her uh, farewell show. I thank you for being as much of a sweet inspiration for me. You're
1: welcome. As I've tried to be Mm -hmm. for you. I won't say goodbye. I'll just say until we meet again. (laughs)
0: is kind wow. of a creepy way to go out until we meet again it, it makes me see like i'm gonna see oprah in heaven and that's the only <laughs> time okay until we see each other again that's something that i feel well, like a...
1: she'll be on the cover of the next issue of oh magazine that everyone
0: has <laughs> or a on her to. television channel <laughs> yeah that she... <laughs> that's, that's a what have another yeah. show at some point she's yeah. on the television right. she's got to do her own show on that television channel again because the rain like
1: she's leaving I... she doesn't seem too old to be doing a talk show so i don't see why else and she she's knows. at her she's peaking. I mean, she's like been peaking for like years, but it's not going to last forever.
0: She knows know. how to massage the media. I guess her ratings were kind of going down and with the cable and with everything else, she was taking a hit and wasn't able to get the same price for her show. So she I think that's probably what led her to start this own network. She probably thought, "Hey, I can just throw on some people that are friends with me and just run this." But apparently the ratings are rock bottom for the own network. Which means eventually – well, I guess they brought on Rosie to uh, do a show on the own network. So who knows if that will if that'll revitalize the show. Eventually, I would imagine Oprah's got to go on and do another show. But see you on the other side or I'll, I'll see you. It's not goodbye. It's just goodbye for now. That seems like something you would tell your cult followers before. Mm-hmm. Okay, drink the Kool-Aid. Right. It's not goodbye. It's just we're going to go through some stuff and I'll see you <laughs> on the other side, man. I haven't
2: seen one too. Oprah. No, I haven't
0: seen it. You before. haven't seen one Oprah? No. I don't think I've ever seen one Oprah beginning <laughs> to end. I, I would agree with that. I've seen a lot of clips. I've played a lot of clips. I've mocked her. What have you. But it, at the end of the day, Oprah Winfrey, it kind of an inspiration, the fact that she was abused. She went through a ton of crap. She's super successful. God bless her. But well, Oh, my man. No, I was just going to say, you still poke fun at her. And the self-importance she... The Bulls were supposed to play on Monday night at the United mm-hmm. Center, but instead they had to move for Oprah so she could do a pre- one of her last shows there in the United Center here's the thing about charity I'm <laughs> Is all that true? yes oh I'm all for charity and it's a great thing but it it does feel kind of callous or or not as sincere when you bring it up that you all the charity you do yeah. During one of these farewell shows, they brought out 400 different men. I don't know why only men, but 400 different men, which she gave college scholarships to, and they all came out with candles in this big orchestra and were just singing how much they loved <laughs> Oprah. Seems a little self-serving there.
2: I was yeah. having an argument with my friend the other day about people that do charity, and he, I I don't know why it pisses me off. Like when uh, Sean Penn goes to, you know, see the, you know, view the hurricane damage, and he's got camera. Cruise there, Bono digging a fucking well with his Italian boots, like in Africa. It's like, dude, your your shoes are five thousand dollars, and he was saying, who cares? It's like, even if they're doing it for selfish reasons, who? I mean, who cares? They're still helping people, right? But it still bugs me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why. I, I don't agree. have a good reason. I agree. hundred percent. Me, and I agree.
0: it's Great what they're doing. I. I I agree 100%. When Angelina Jolie adopted all those kids, part of me is like, hey, God bless her. I'm not adopting children in Africa. I'm sure those kids' lives are better. But I see what you mean by it. It does feel – okay, the adopting the kids, that's, that's a lifetime commitment. That means something to me. I, I'm. I don't think she should be made fun of, and not that Oprah should be made fun of for the charity, but having the kids come out with the candles and sing your praises—that's yeah. well, where is, it feels a little It long. is all. Yeah.
1: Whenever there's photos and video and records of it, and especially what Oprah does constantly—that's not the first time she's done that, but it's all PR. I mean, it's definitely PR. <laughs> when they were when they were going over, I wonder. I'm just like, okay, clearly she's doing it because she's a giant corporation essentially, and she has to show, you know, her corporate uh citizenship
0: basically <laughs> it was That's, so funny they, they had they had barbara walters sitting down and describing how awesome oprah was and blah 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 and oh, oh oprah she, she wanted to be barbara walters and barbara walters was so impressed and she's a great person and it was great because they go she's an amazing performer she she's emotional she's real and then they cut to a clip of her going and you get a car and you get a car <laughs> meanwhile the the audience is going crazy It's very easy to give away a car to everyone in your audience. I could get excited about that. Try try sitting here and doing a podcast and just talking shit for an hour, Oprah, and then show me some emotion as a performer, okay? (laughs) Emote here for an hour straight and keep it real and keep it interesting, huh, Oprah? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a kid in a wheelchair that everyone feels sorry for and ooze and ahs over, okay? I got to just yell at a computer screen and play clips of you and make fun of you, all right? And I do it with emotion. I do it with candor. I do it with passion. Yeah. Oh, she's so excited. Yeah, no shit. It's easy to give away a minivan. And then the other people – she wasn't even that
2: excited, honestly. She goes, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Right. I love when Tyra tried to copy her model. She her just – do everything that Oprah does but she only had Vaseline to give away
1: or something do <laughs> you remember
2: that <laughs> no that does sound like a huge step down there's a oh, you gotta YouTube but there's a Tyra's hilarious It's ridiculous she's, where hilariously she's like crazy. everybody's getting Vaseline <laughs> everyone loses their shit and clearly a producer told Tyra like okay Vaseline is one of our sponsors like I know it's just va- but you make it exciting make it. and she flipped out she freaked out about it yeah like about Vaseline it was Bizarre.
0: All right, we just uh, let's see. I can I just pulled this up. Let's see if we get. (laughs) I'm about to reveal my biggest beauty secret ever. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, way they're applauding, I'm just because they have an applause sign. Oh, so they're like the first word in my mind when I hear
2: anything cream, meaning I and anything. All right. And during the break, we had some really hunky boys that brought out these very special boxes to our studio audience. And inside the boxes is my super-duper, no-fell, skin-saving eye and anything cream. Yeah! That's an Oprah okay impression.
0: Oh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I can do anything.
2: Yes! Yes! So on the count of three, <laughs> I want you to all open them together. Are you ready? Yeah!
0: Close ups of the boxes.
2: Ready? Open them, open them, open
0: them. Ah. <laughs> the DJ
1: That's comes on. In a remix.
0: Does anyone
1: look disappointed?
0: <laughs> there seems to be a lot of confusion going on, Logan. I gotta be honest. They That's keep great. checking in the box,
2: pulling stuff out of the box. She's so excited. And the applause is going, the music's going, people are like, what's happening?
1: Yeah, I can only imagine. I, that, all that drum roll right. and.
2: Yeah, that is. That Hullabaloo, is. <laughs> and then you
1: open it and there's a bottle of Vaseline? What is this?
0: Hullabaloo. <laughs> well, I got to be honest. I blame Oprah Winfrey for moving the Chicago Bulls throughout their entire schedule. Now they just lost to the Miami Heat, even though they're up 12 points at home. They lost the series. Jesus. I had 100 bucks on them, don't win. Get. Freaking Oprah! Why can't you give me a hundred dollars? I want to look under my chair and there should be a gift certificate to my bookie. Thanks a lot, Oprah. Huh? Hope you're happy. Here's a little more of uh, Oprah's audience members uh, reacting after the taping of the final show.
2: It was bittersweet. Um, her message was heart-filling. Um, I took away a lot from it. You know, it, it helped me realize that I, I'm perfect just the way I am. were.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: God! You're not.
2: No one is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's a that's a message this generation of people in America aren't getting enough. A pursue your dreams and you're perfect at everything you do. That's we we're not promoting that enough.
2: A lot of celebrities that walked in. Um, there was Maria Shriver. There was um, Tyler Perry. There was Cicely Tyson and Stuttman and Gail sat right Actually, behind you know me one, and Settman kept we're kicking we're my chair. So. Her final act. <laughs> That's
0: that's when you know you've arrived, Logan. When I can go and is sit it? in a TV audience and go, ah, a woman is giddy to the fact that I just kicked the back of her chair. Oprah's dead, deadbeat husband <laughs> kicked me. I don't even know if he's deadbeat. There's obviously there's uh, he rumors. He hasn't done that,
1: anything, right? For like since he's been married to her. <laughs> he just chills at home, from what I hear.
0: He's a, he's a mystery. He's a he's a mystery, man. Obviously, there's a lot of people alluding to the fact that. Oprah is a lesbian. It, w- it would make sense. Uh, powerful women who have had certain issues. I can see her being a lesbian. She, she doesn't ooze femininity. Right. I, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if she was a lesbian. Would you? I
2: have no <laughs> idea. I mean, I, like I said, I don't – You don't know Oprah is asex- No idea.
1: She seems very asexual like a grandma or something. You know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Is you that know,
2: what got her so big? Like when she first started, it was just like women's empowerment deal. But, you but know now what? it doesn't.
1: Her show actually was a lot like Jerry Springer when she first started out. It was just a oh, regular daytime talk show. Seriously, yeah. If you watch some old episodes, it's like who's the father and stuff like that. And then, and then I guess the ratings went up when they did more like heartfelt.
0: Well, they say she. I stuff. guess they say she kind of mirrored Merv Griffin's format or Merv Griffith it basically took his kind of format of the panel and these emotional stories where you feel really sad or makeover stories stuff like that stuff that has an ethos to it that gets people oh man i feel so bad for her feel so bad for him and and people respond to that emotionally they they get they get tied up in it women respond to it exactly not not masculine men like us not guys who don't have feelings this guy obviously had some feelings. Ed Schultz, who's on a radio program, he's also on some uh, cable news show, and he's a uh, liberal fella, and he's res- – he's
1: That he's get- <laughs> sounded like you weren't trying to say that in a bad way, but <laughs> – He's a liberal fella.
0: Don't, yeah. don't hold that against him. <laughs> he's a left-wing uh, political talk guy. And he's getting all fired up that people on the right are giving Obama a hard time about this or that. And he thinks they should be talking about real things like the tornadoes and weather. Eh, take a listen. Uh, winds getting whipped up to tornadoes of horrific proportions, hot weather, all of this stuff. And what are the Republicans thinking about? They're not thinking about their next-door neighbor. They're just thinking about how much this is going to cost. Okay, whether you're Democrat or Republican, obviously the Republicans... More fiscally conservative. But I think they even realize that's a bad policy to to go up to someone after their house is blown down. They're not going door <laughs> to door going, oh, well, the government's not going to help you here. Sorry, buddy. You're not getting mo- – oh, no money here. Obviously, they're <laughs> – President Obama is going to be visiting Joplin, Missouri on Sunday. But you know what they're talking about? Like this right-wing slut. What's her name? Laura Ingram? <laughs> <laughs> right-wing slut. God. What a hilarious phrase, right-wing slut. Yeah, she's a talk slut. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? This guy keeps trying to explain himself,
1: Ed this, Schultz. This is like anti-Tea Party. This is like angry Democrat. Yeah, he's fired
0: up. You out. see, she was back in the, at the day praising President Reagan when he was drinking a beer overseas, but now that Obama's doing it, they're working him over. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, this guy sounds like such a Republican, but he's not saying Republican. He sounds like Rush Limbaugh.
0: Well, exactly. And and that's that's the point, is that whatever side of the spectrum you're on, you you realize when you play the extremes of these people how kind of comical it is. I'm sure this woman, Laura Ingram, this talk slut, what does that mean, talk slut? I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, you'll do any talk show, you'll talk to anyone. The, any idea what no talk idea. slut means? Right-wing slut? Okay, she's right-wing, and she's also very easy. But what is her... <laughs> She'll is, talk for free. She God, doesn't so even hot, charge. A right-wing She'll slut, talk to anybody,
1: though. anybody,
0: for well, free. But what is that... What is that... Her sexuality, what does that have to do with anything? Like, oh, okay, she's she's cheap, and that she makes fun of Obama for drinking a beer, but won't make fun of Ronald Reagan for drinking a beer? When well, you, this
1: radio talk show host clearly is not a talk slut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the
2: difference is, but mama no, to a, talk drank a beer somewhere.
0: Well yeah, he was over in Ireland, which what what else are you gonna do in Ireland except drink a couple Guinnesses? So he raised a beer and then they, they cheersed him. And then I guess Laura Ingram was annoyed by that. Oh hey, he's getting drunk over there. You should be you should be worrying about issues here. How is this man – I talked about this the other week, but how has Obama not gotten at least a few-week free pass for taking out Osama bin Laden? Come on. Just let the guy go. Let's, there's plenty of time to nitpick, and there's plenty of things that are great to critique him about. You haven't heard me yell about Obama doing promos for George Lopez anymore, okay? You haven't heard me mention that. Yeah, before he <laughs> took out Osama bin Laden, yeah, I brought that up. I thought that was unpresidential oh, and a complete waste of time. But since then, I'm not bringing it up. What if he announced it on George Lopez? <laughs> that would have been great. That would probably be the only thing that can save George Lopez's show right now. <laughs> Even that, not a sure thing. Oh, really? I mm. guess in the, I guess right now his show is kind of on the edge there of whether or not it's going to get renewed. And they won't tell him if, whether it's going to get renewed or not, which I'm not in television, but I feel like not a great sign.
1: It's Mm-mm. It's a truly terrible show. It's one it's of the a, worst shows I've ever seen. Never. I can never watch it all the way through.
0: <laughs> I, I've i tried to watch parts because I, I know people who have been on it and stuff, and, okay, hey, that was a funny bit, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who has the late-night persona. I thought he was a lot better on the sitcom, and his sitcom was super successful because that's kind of his shtick, like high energy, hey, man, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, family, yeah. we're all... We're all Latin, guys. Hey, what's what's crazy Aunt Latin doing? <laughs> Stuff like that. Hijinks yeah. within the Latin family. That seems to play you to his strengths. You don't
1: see a lot of stand-up comics constantly moving every part of their body while they talk. <laughs> he, <laughs> he looks like he's a serpent, like, dancing, like, looking at a mouse <laughs> or something about to strike every time he tells a joke. God. he, d- he d- It's he
0: like d- stand fucking still. He is likable, and he is he is talented, but he doesn't seem to have that late-night energy that – the late night energy that seems to work is almost a casual, like look at Letterman or even Leno, who's a little high, he's probably on the high energy scale, but he's not crazy like he's like, hey, well, you know he'll kind of give you that, but he's not he just does like a few simple hand motions, yeah, very relaxed up there, yeah George Lopez to me doesn't seem to have the right energy for the uh for the George
1: Lopez wouldn't, show wouldn't ironically describe
2: it, it wouldn't describe it
1: as relaxed at all,
2: no he's up there he's. Yeah, he's a little. trying to talk about current events. It's weird. That was yeah, that had nothing to do with his stand-up. Right, and it's, he's, he's not... telling those jokes. It's just weird, like a, like talking about foreign policy and yeah. the, like <laughs> the loan, uh, you know, the the housing housing bubble. crisis. Like, what? And then at the
1: <laughs> super intelligent punchline, he like sticks out his tongue. So you know that was the end of the joke. It's just like,
0: dude. And it it kind of works <laughs> for a guy who sarcastic. That kind of stuff, self-deprecating in a certain sense. I mean, I guess he does some self-deprecating stuff, but not to the not to the same degree. And it is weird. Maybe I'm wrong here, but Letterman really got – he got really thrown to the wolves for his whole cheating scandal. And obviously it's going to bring a lot of negative media attention. But George Lopez divorced a wife, the same wife that gave him a kidney five years ago. I felt like he kind of got off easy in the media sense. Like when he divorced yeah. his wife – there is no him walking out doing a serious monologue. Those are my favorite. When someone does something like this guy, when he calls someone a slut, or apologies on television, I think, are very entertaining. We're getting to the point where, I don't know if you could have an entire cable channel, but at least a, a YouTube channel of just people coming on and doing the sincere apologies or their attempt at... I just wanted to say the uh, <laughs> the words that you heard in that last segment, they, they slipped out, that's not normally me, or, Dave Letterman, he, he really nailed it. Look, you're going to read some things that I – I did some creepy things. And people have no idea, so they're just still laughing. Like, ah, ha, ha. no, no, seriously, I did some creepy stuff. Then the audience gets really quiet. And then I start laughing because it's just – Yeah, that's too funny. It's a bizarre yeah, thing yeah. to
1: walk out. This, by the way, that proves – I think he's completely dropped the ball. He used to be good when you know when he had Late Night. But now his audience is so dumb. That happened before – when he had Seinfeld on, and yeah. they were talking about – uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. That Paul it was and so he said funny. The N-word. It was such a serious subject, and he comes on and, like, does this apology, and uh, David Letterman's dumbass audience just starts laughing like it's a joke. And it's like, no, this guy said the N-word. That's when <laughs> you know you
2: got natural talent. I do remember that. Jerry Seinfeld, I'll tell people, he was like, this is not funny. Be quiet. He just gets people laughs still laugh. the worst time of his life. He's trying to apologize. Yeah. He's still getting laughs. I'm like – Fucking, I'm so jealous. I guess in the audience's
0: (laughs) defense, they are hyped up. They're like, hey, the warm-up guy comes out. Hey, everyone, get out there. Laugh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're Dave Letter on a trip to New York. Yeah. I'm
1: so excited. Da- and then Dave yeah. Letter
0: strolls out and has to talk about his uh, side piece of ass. Like it is, it is incongruous. Uh, okay, is this some bit where he's? Oh, okay, because he always did bits with her. This must be a bit where he talks about taking her to a secret fuck room. And oh, wait, this isn't a bit. This, is him. Oh, okay, he's getting blackmailed. And yeah, the the Jerry Seinfeld Michael Richards thing was hilarious because. Jerry Seinfeld sitting there trying to promote Seinfeld season six and then and then Michael Richards is not there. Michael Richards appears via satellite. It was kinda of funny. So yes. it just I mean, they what they should have had done is gotten the door from the sitcom and had Kramer do his like to, to burst through the door oh, and, and then and then go, No, but serious guys. Awesome. I'm here to talk about how right. I screamed the N-word. They might as well. They they, they cut had to him a, a peer- shot.
1: Yeah, they cut to a shot of him in like a recliner, <laughs> and he's like has his hands neatly folded, and he's like, "Let me talk to you now." And this audience has never seen this guy not be Kramer, by the <laughs> way. Oh,
0: no one has. <laughs> yeah, a few people at the Laugh Factory saw him not be Kramer, and things got done. <laughs> so you're
1: basically looking at Kramer with nicely combed, like slick back hair. <laughs>
0: being now, serious. I just, Kinda funny. just from working in TV uh, as a production assistant or something, just the technical things are, are really what I find funny in, in some of these situations. Like like the guy writing the cue cards when when Letterman comes out for the monologue, does it just say, talk about the slut? <laughs> like, what does he have? <laughs> hey, talk about the uh, affair. Talk about being blackmailed. Obviously, he probably just improvises it, but – or um or Michael Richards. Like, how do they decide what kind of background – to have in the satellite feed because i think they showed they did like an la skyline thing like okay this is serious well what do you how do you decide that oh no let's go with the tropical theme maybe they will lighten it up a bit the man screamed the n-word you're right let's do maybe some urban thing no stay away <laughs> from urban imagine that conversation with the yeah. poor guy having to set up the satellite feed it's not fair i tell you it's not fair it's not fair that we're out of time, man. Time flew by. What's it. Justin Decker, thanks right. for being on the program, man. Where can uh, where can people get more Justin Decker?
2: Well, if you're in Los Angeles, which is the only place that I perform. No, oh, we just did a uh, we did a set at the Comedy Store in La Jolla, San Diego. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My mom sent me a text right before I went on stage <laughs> saying that me and the other comedian that we were there with weren't funny. <laughs> uh, she said, "Yeah, this is this." Something like that. This hate to say it, but uh everyone's not funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Thanks, mom. She yeah. still comes to the shows. She doesn't like a single one of them. Not. And one. I I felt like so I felt like I had I I don't think I killed,
0: but I felt like it had a pretty good set. And You had an awesome set. Yeah, and there was you could feel like one contingency. Or there was a pocket of the room that just wasn't wasn't right. coming to game. And then uh he goes on stage Justin and and it's like, oh, my mom just sent me this text message. Oh, I'll read it later. Or, like, made some joke. And then you forgot to get to it. And I afterwards I'm like, oh, Justin, what'd they say? Thinking, like, <laughs> thinking the mom's going to say, oh, what a charming young lad that is. It's right. like, oh, Sean really sucked. Never had that guy over. <laughs> no, I think uh, she – I, it's one of those shows She's not a fan. Keep... She's a mom. It's okay, man. You don't have to apologize for moms aren't fans of stand up comedy. I get it, man. I get it. I'm not big in the mom She probably premiere.
2: hates my comedy, but she's just supportive of me.
0: Right. My mom likes my comedy, or so she says. Who knows? It's not I never see my mom watch other stand up comedy, so it's... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's very supportive and her favorite and I show is
2: two and a half men.
0: Right. No, she, she her favorite it. shows are show reality shows about redoing the house or people having babies. Tons of babies and stuff like that. It's it's nothing funny at all. Exactly. All right, Logan. You wanna take us out with the haiku, man? Make me barf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Savage eulogy. George Lopez <clears throat> will get canceled. You dirty talk slut. <laughs>
0: Strong, Logan, strong. Past couple ones, a little rocky, but this one, back to A grade. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. But this one did stand above the rest. I always enjoy the haikus, and I always enjoy doing this program. Hey, if you guys are in the Los Angeles area, we have the Comedy Garage Saturday night. It's back in a new location. Just search the Comedy Garage on Facebook, or go to thecomedygaragemovie.com to check out the Comedy Garage documentary, and I will be performing at a show called Ham Clown tonight the Alexandria Hotel downtown. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We do it live here every Thursday night, 8 o'clock, on latalkradio.com.
1: Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show.